0: Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered and said, am, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. And if the Lord will help us for just a few minutes. We'd like to preach to you on crumbs. uh, I really, really need the Lord to pass by. Uh, The Bible teaches us to be instant in season and out of season and sometimes the word just won't come out of your mouth quick enough. And then sometimes you just have to kind of wait on the Lord and press until he gets there. And so Here's the Lord, and a woman comes to him with a need. And she, wasn't, she was a woman of Canaan. She wasn't a woman of Israel. She wasn't one that most of the religious crowd would have spent any time on at all. And we see folks like that today that the religious crowd has pushed aside. But this woman had a need she had a daughter and let me tell you something i don't have daughters i have sons but if you're a parent there's just not much you wouldn't do for your child you'd do about anything for your child and i'm sure this woman had been told don't bother that man he's not he's not one of us don't bother that man He's, he's one of those Israelites. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. But she pressed on because she had a child that had a need. Yes. And she approached the Lord and made her requests known. And when he didn't answer her, she kept pressing, didn't she? She kept working. She approached his disciples. She kept asking. She kept working because she wanted that daughter to have the help that she needed. And if you've prayed a prayer and not gotten an answer, pray on. We, uh, we sometimes think just because we are who we are, we are to get down and pray and the Lord answer right then, not so. Some of the greatest men I read about in the Bible, I believe Elijah prayed seven times that it would rain, didn't he? Before he saw a cloud about the size of a man's hand. I'm nowhere near the man that Elijah was. So if I have to pray seven times seven, that's what I've got to do to get the Lord's attention. Amen. And so <coughs> she pressed. And the Lord finally answered her and he said, it's not meat that we, should take the, that we should take the children's meat and give it to the dogs. But then her response was, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he said, you're a woman of great faith, and be it thus as you said. And she went home, and the daughter was healed from that same hour. And so, crumbs. I want to preach to you on crumbs, if the Lord will allow me, for just a few minutes. And. We go back, and I read about <clears throat> whenever the Lord was there, and, and he said, where is bread we may feed this, this multitude. And there was 5,000 people there, 5,000 men besides women and children. And he said what do you had. And one of the disciples said, why, 100 pennies' worth of bread would not feed such a multitude. And one spoke up, and he said, well, there's a little lad here that's got five loaves, And two fishes. Now that wouldn't feed the crowd at Dutch Bottoms tonight. And you men can probably remember a time in your life when you were young and your metabolism was high. That five loaves and two fishes you could have finished off yourself. But I'm here to tell you today what the Lord does. He blessed this, and it could fill the whole house. And so they they took the lad's five loaves and two fishes. Now let's go back, if you will. The Bible doesn't say this. This is just conjecture on my part. Did you know that before the lad, the, lad, the, the five loaves and the two fishes didn't just appear? They took some preparation. They took some patience. They took some time. Somebody taught the lad how to fish. Somebody taught the lad that you had to go down to the water's edge, that you had to set a hook or throw a net or do something or another some way in order to catch those two fish. And I'm sure there was a mama or a grandma somewhere that got in there at the stove and she needed, she took the, the, she took... (coughs) the the stuff that you make the bread with, and, and she mixed it all together and had a big dough ball, and she took that and put it in the oven, and it baked, and when it came out of the oven, there was bread for the young lad to take and eat for his lunch, and when she got it out of the oven maybe she took it out and knocked it out of the pan and a few crumbs hit the floor and the dog swooped in and they licked up the crumbs. Now we look at that scripture and we all know the context of that scripture we know that Jesus took and blessed and break the bread and told the disciples to take and to feed the multitude we know that everybody on that day was filled with five loaves and with two fish we know that after everybody had eaten, that the disciples took the baskets around and there was 12 baskets of leftovers, you might say, taken up. But do you ever think that even the dogs that was there would lick those crumbs up off the floor were blessed just to get the heat of the bread with mama Who could? When mama prepares a meal, and I'm not talking about Pat Strange, about a mile to hike down the road. I'm talking about mama church. That's bottom. When we prepare a meal, and I'm not talking about chicken at home coming either. When we prepare a spiritual meal, and people begin to talk and worship, and tears roll down their face, and we praise the Lord, it might start out with just a small testimony. Somebody saying Thank God. God, I'm saved. And the spirit bears witness of it. Just that small crumb is enough <laughs> to see a multitude. to <laughs> you. The crumb. You can go back in the old testament. And you read. Abraham told Sarah to go and make three cakes for the three men that came down to the plains of memory, didn't she? And he told the lad to go and dress Okay. calf. He had one to churn butter, one to bring milk. When everybody did their little part, when everybody brought their little crumb, they had a meal fit enough for everybody to get full of. Folks, it takes more than just a pastor. Having said that, let me say this. And I've preached this here before. Matter of fact, I believe the last time I preached it, Marty and John helped me preach it. Remember the battle? As long as Moses held up, held up the staff. Israel won the battle, but Moses got tired, didn't he? And his arms got weak, and he began to go down. And when the staff began to fall, Israel began to lose. So Aaron got on one side, and Hur got on the other, and they helped him lift the staff, and Israel won a great victory. You may not think your part. I, oh, I've got to back up for just a minute, Wayne. We're in a battle. Yes. Did you know that? Yes. We've, we've got little boys and girls that need Jesus. Yes, you love them with all your heart, and your crumb will make a great difference. We're in a battle. Don't you ever let Satan tell you that your part doesn't matter. It matters a great deal because we've got little boys and girls that look up to you, that you're special to, and that they look to you and think that you are blessed, and your crime might be the very ingredient needed to win their souls. Well, I can look at specific instances if you want me to. I think of Rick's grandson, he thinks he ain't nothing like Grady. He loves to hear Grady, saying, "Break the chains." I could go on. We've got little girls scattered all over this church. One that sits right back there thinks ain't nothing like Juanita. just loves Juanita with all her heart. Folks, your crumb makes a difference. Now, let me preach this. Even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the mass. Let's back up for just a minute and take a look at who's eating the crumbs. Until Jesus came and the veil in the temple was rent. Us dogs had no right in the temple. Amen. We couldn't even go in there. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't welcome. We wouldn't have the children of Israel. No. We had no part in that. No. We couldn't get in. That simple. Our sins couldn't be forgiven. Lord, help us. The veil us. was ripped. Mm-mm-mm. And old dogs <laughs> like me could <can> mm-hmm. get <laughs> in to get forgiveness. Right, amen. So if I can get just a little crumb, that's more than I ever deserved. If I can get just a little crumb off the master's table, I'll gladly take that and I'll tell you how much I'm blessed. Even the dogs, even the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Oh, We want to feel sorry for ourselves sometimes along life's way, don't we? I like this song that John sings every once in a while. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. I look at the patriarch David. If you look at his life, it was full of trouble. He lost three children. He was made... A public example because of his sin. All of Israel knew what kind of man he was. How that he committed adultery. How that he committed murder. Everyone in Israel knew his sin. How would you like for your life to be an open book like David's was? And everyone around you know exactly what your weakness was and how you had failed God throughout the ages. David was a man that was full of trouble. The Bible says the sword never left his home. But you know what David had to say in the 23rd Psalm? My cup runneth over, surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all. The days of God. Does that sound like a man that was having a pity party? Why, no. Surely, goodness and mercy. Have you looked behind you lately? Oh, preacher, I've just had nothing. Just a miserable existence. Look behind you for the goodness and mercy that you've walked through that day. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all, A-L-L, all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. forever. You may think you have nothing to offer. Minimal. (coughs) Preacher, I can't sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I'm not eloquent to speech. I get all tongue-tied, stutter and stammer around. Preacher, I don't know the scriptures like everybody else does. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. None of those things I mentioned may fit you. But you may be the one that can shake a sinner's hand and say, I want to see you saved so bad. And it just break their heart down, and they'll go running right to the altar. You may be the one that's got a way of connecting with non-church folks that can talk to them and tell them how good God has been to you and how you'd love to see them in church and blessed. You may have that. I'm here to tell you, God didn't save you to starve. He didn't save you to sit down and never do anything else. He's given you a crumb. He's given you something to work with. He's giving you something to lift and praise his name with. And you need to use it to worship him. All right. Just a crumb. Jesus was in the midst. And they passed the plate. And the rich put in. Can't you just see... It being rounded over with the money. And they got to the woman. She didn't have much. but she dug down and she put in two mites. You know what Jesus said? He didn't praise them that put in all that money. He didn't praise them that rounded the plate over. He praised the one that put in the two bites. Why, preacher, that's just a crumb of what was in that treasury that day. The two bites were nothing compared to what all the abundance were cast over that day as far as man saw it. But what Jesus said, she put in two bites, she put in all that she had. It might have just been a crumb Compared to what the rest of the world had. But she put it all in. All her living. And the Savior took notice. When you put your little crumb in. No matter what it is. The Lord will bless it. And help somebody else bless Because of it. Yes, amen. You know what Satan tells us. We're not doing any good, we're not helping anybody. We've been looking at songs in the Green Book. Used to sing this one a lot. All the world is bright and cheery, and I'm singing every day, not a place of burden dreary. And then the tagline says, He put a little sunshine in. (laughs) There's not a family in this church that's not been touched by some sort of problem. Albeit sickness, whatever. You can name it. There's not a family, not a person here tonight that's not had some kind of trouble to go through. This week, my dad has been in the floor three times. He was in the hospital from Monday to Wednesday. I'm not telling you this for sympathy. I don't want your sympathy. I'm telling you this to get to the point that I want to tell you. Went down there yesterday. My oldest son called on the phone, and I'm almost certain Dad didn't know who he was. But I'm here to tell you today, in spite of all that, there's peace in my heart. Yes, sir. I could go to the Father that, Jim. There's peace Amen. in Dad's heart, too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because he put a little sunshine in, but he saved me. I've got something to look forward to. So if today is dark, I'll depend on my crumb and I'll look to him and I'll praise him because there's going to be joy in the morning. We're in a rat race. And that's the way of this world. They want to look to see what you got. And if you're not driving the nicest car, living in the biggest house, they don't make a lot of time for you. And if you're looking, if you're looking at 3020 Oliver Street, you're not going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm not complaining. We're blessed. We've got a roof over our head. I'm able to work and pay the electric bill to keep the heat going. Thank you, Jesus. But as far as this world's concerned, it's not a mansion. Most of you have been over. You see where I live. But if you're looking at that, that's just a house that I live in. You'll have to look through the eye of faith yeah. to see my real home. 'Cause I'm going up there, I'm moving up that country, and if you see it, your eyes are about fuck out of your head for how beautiful it's gonna be. How are you gonna get that preacher through the little crowd that the Lord sent by way? Amen. Thank you, Thank you, Mike Potter said, "I sung this song." I want to live there, don't you? And when the spirit would get just right, he'd change the words. He was saying, I'm going to live there. I ain't you. What are you going to do? So I didn't have a clue. All I had was that little scripture when I started. I'm going to finish with this. Remember the parable of the men that had the talents? One had ten talents. One had five talents. One had one talent. And the one that had ten went and worked and gained ten more. The one that had five went and worked and gained five more. But the one that had the one What do you do with that? You might say, well, that's not much. It probably wouldn't even be missed. You might say, just one talent compared to 20. Well, what is that? The master probably wouldn't even ask about something like that so small. So insignificant. But the master returned, didn't he? And he held the men accountable for what he had given them. And the one that had 10 and took those 10 and gained 10 more, and the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the one that had five and took those five talents and gained five more, the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he came to the one that had the crime. He came to the one. Preacher, I'm not like you, I'm not like these other folks. You don't have to be, but God's given you a gift. You've gotta be accountable for it. You've got to use it to uplift his kingdom. He came to the one and he said, Lord, I knew that you were a fearful man and I feared, so I went and took it and hid it where he had it. In the earth, didn't he? Oh, where's the crumb that the Lord has given you? It's hidden in this earth right here. And if the world's going to see it, you've got to take it out and let it shine greater. is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. He said, "Take that that he's got, and give it to the one that's got twenty. And he can go where they'll be weeping. I can't quote that exactly. I wish I could. Where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm not saying the Lord will take your salvation away. Don't misunderstand me. I believe in eternal." salvation. But I do believe this. If the Lord's granted you an opportunity for salvation and you've turned it down, you've wasted what He's given you. You've thrown it away. Oh. Okay, John. You asked them this morning if they knew a sinner you like to see saved, Satan ain't going to like this. If you've been saved, raise your hand. If you've been saved, just raise your hand. How about that? Not a sinner in the house tonight. That's wonderful, ain't it? Now what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be able to quote the Ten Commandments or the 18 Articles of Faith. I went and sat down. I guess it was Friday. This girl cut my hair. I had no clue who she was. I got to talking to her and she lived in Del Rio. I said, where do you go to church? And she said, I don't have one right now. I've got a little eight-month-old baby, me and my boyfriend. I didn't condemn her. Until a person knows they're a sinner, there's no use for me to tell them. Let the Lord show them. You know what I said? I said, well, I go to Dutch Bottoms, to church. I'm the preacher over there. She said, you know, I go by that church every day. I said, well, why don't you just come on in? Why don't you just stop on by? It don't matter, preacher. She lives with her boyfriend. I don't care. Amen. She needs Jesus. Amen. We're not looking for saints to fill the pew. We need some sinners to fill the altar. Amen. 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 And you'll never get them there by beating them over the head you got to love them in. That's the only way. That's the only way. Your loved ones, my loved ones do things that neither one of us condone or approve, don't they? But we'll never get them to the altar. I raise this. I get near Peggy and she would probably raise her arm if she thought I was gonna strike her with it or she'd probably try to dodge. That's not how this is supposed to be used. This is supposed to be used to show her the love between the lids. That's how it's supposed to be used. There is a radical and essential difference between the righteous and the wicked. If our lives don't appear to be happier, jo- more joy, if we don't have more peace than the sinners we're trying to win, they're never going to want what we have. The preacher, I can't sing, I can't play, I can't preach, I can't teach. What did Paul do? Of all the men in the Bible we read about, he was more learned of the law than anybody we know. He knew every jot and tittle of the law Sit at the feet of Gamaliel. He could tell you what the consequence was for adultery, I'm sure. He could tell you what the consequence according to the law was for a lying. He could tell you what the consequence was according to the law for a thief. Oh, but what did he tell Herod? What did he tell king after king that he appeared before. I believe his mind went right back down to the road to Damascus where he saw the light and heard a voice and saw no man. I believe that he went right back down to where the scales fell off of his eyes and he went straightway and preached that Jesus was the Christ. You've got a testimony. You've got an experience. You've got a plan. You've got a place where you receive the crumb. What better story to tell than to tell the one where you got Jesus? Amen. Amen. You know what a crumb is, don't you? You go to the steakhouse, they bring out the plate with the crumb on it, most folks will be disappointed. Amy fixes a meal and brings me a plate, and it's just got a crumb. I'm probably going to go to the cabinet and see if I can find something else to go along with it. It don't look like much to the world, does it? The flesh is probably even disappointed with it. But I sure am glad I received my crumb. I want you to have one too. Well, I'm just an old dog. Just a Gentile. Didn't even deserve it to start with. And yet I got a little taste of salvation as all I needed. Now let me just ask you this. I asked you if you were saved. Are you glad you're saved? Is it the best thing that ever happened to you? Yes, it is. Why ain't we telling it a whole lot more? Why ain't we telling our friends? Why ain't we talking about it when we call our children or our moms and dads or our aunts and uncles? Why aren't we telling about it? My boy got a brand new 2019 Silverado pickup truck. Chevy Silverado was telling me about it, and I failed to tell him about the best thing I've got. I should have told him one more time. He's heard it a hundred times, Marty. I should have told him one more time about the best thing I've got. I've got a savior. That's going to take me all this world one day. And I'm going to live with Him throughout eternity. All because a unworthy worthy dog like me was able to lap the crumbs that came off the master's table. Amen. Can't you just see that woman? She went back down there where that little girl was at. That girl was healthy and smiling. Her mama's dead. And I'm sure the woman praised the Lord for the little cry that she got. You know what we want to do? We want to make these little cute Bible stories. They're not just that. They're miracles. I know I need to hush, and I'm going to. This was read to you out of the book of Matthew. You've heard that on TV. This is brought to you today by Matthew. But if I tell you about a little eight-year-old boy that got saved about a mile and a half down the road in a back bedroom. Lisa's seen it. She's been there. Used to be a piano sitting back there, Lisa. and a little half bed. In the middle of that half bed, I don't doubt Jesus Save my soul. That was brought to you by the book of Mike. Preacher, oh, you don't need to do things like that. You don't need to say stuff like that. Well, let me tell you this Scripture. If all the things that Jesus did were recorded, the world could not contain the bugs. I should fill a volume without good. Woo! Jesus has been to me. oh, because this old dog ain't a little crippled. Amen. Yes, you are. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you doing will you crying? I believe the majority of us here is just Dutch bottoms. I believe you love each other, and I believe you love this church. If you want to use your crime this week, you call these folks that are sick. You tell them you loved them, and you missed them, and you're praying for them. Because Satan is telling them nobody cares. He's no respecter of person either. He'll work on them and try to run them down the mud just like he does you. We're here to esteem our brothers higher than ourselves and lift each other up. This is what the Lord gave us this week. What are you doing? Will you cry?